welcome to this week's episode. If you are new here, thank you so much for taking the time to tune in and listen to my podcast, whatever you're doing, wherever you are. I hope you're having a wonderful week and weekend. It is a very gloomy day here in Southern California, and I figured what better time to sit down and do some venting, do some ranting, and just get on with it. Um, I do have a topic for today. For once, I kind of chose one. Usually what happens is I just sit down and see what comes up. And then when I go through and edit the podcast, I see what I was talking about the most. And I end up making that the topic of the podcast. But today, I chose um, to talk about imposter syndrome. So we're going to talk all about imposter syndrome today. Why did I choose it? So I chose it because it's something that I've struggled with a lot in my early 20s. And now I feel like I am teeter-tottering off of that. I still have my days, of course, but I feel like I have really gone to battle with imposter syndrome. And um, it fluctuates. It has its ebbs and flows. It all is very subjective to like what's going on in my life at the moment, of course. But um, imposter syndrome, I think, is something that we all deal with, especially in our 20s as we're figuring out what we're what we're trying to do, what our goals are. I'm sorry, as I'm looking at myself in the monitor, I can't help but notice that it kind of looks like I have a mullet today. Um, <laughs> I got a haircut and I don't know if it's giving exactly what I asked for, but we're, we're just, <laughs> that's, I just, wanted to point that out because I can't help but notice it. So I actually pulled up imposter syndrome on my phone because I want to give the actual definition um, of what it is exactly because I know we all have like vague ideas of oh it means you can't like accomplish what you want to accomplish because you think you can't and yada yada but here's the actual definition of it. So imposter syndrome is the persistent inability to believe that one's success is deserved or has been legitimately achieved as a result of one's own effort or skills. So I kind of take this a step further and I know that this falls into the definition as well of not only believing that or feeling that what you've achieved you don't deserve and that it just was like, oh, it was just luck. I didn't like actually achieve that. I didn't actually accomplish that. Um, but also feeling like you are not capable or you're not able to go after something or do something that you're really, really passionate about. Like, for example, this podcast, like it took me such a long time for me to kind of rip the bandaid and just be like, you know what, you, you want to do it. So why aren't you just going after it? And a lot of it was imposter syndrome thinking like, well, who am I to start a podcast? What do I even have to talk about? Like, who would want to listen to me? Like all those voices. And that still runs, of course, in my subconscious, which is why um, I'm trying to keep myself consistent and shut out that part of me. I was listening to this TED Talk once um, and it really, really helped me in thinking about um, it was about imposter syndrome, funny enough, but what the uh, what the speaker was talking about was we all have this version of ourselves and instead of calling it your lower self, it is your lower self, but she was kind of like, instead of calling it your lower self, we're just going to give her or him a name. So this is the part of yourself that you don't want to fall back into in like patterns and habits and things you want to change. So give them a name and associate that name with the behavior or the thoughts. So for me, I, I didn't even, <laughs> this sounds really stupid, but her name for me is Gertrude. When Gertrude shows up, I know that I am either doubting myself or talking negatively to myself or having self-limiting beliefs, you know, that whole hodgepodge of thoughts. Um, when that begins, I'm like, oh, Gertrude's here. <laughs> and instead of like spiraling down and letting her take control of my thoughts that day and everything, of course, there's days where I'm not as good at this, but instead of letting myself fall deeper and deeper into that, I just observe that, okay, Gertrude is here. <laughs> And we're going to just tell her to get the fuck out. This is what we're going to do. We're not dealing with that today. And we just don't need, we, we don't need that energy right now because we have done too much work on ourselves to be falling back into these old ways of thinking that aren't going to help anybody. Throwing yourself a little pity party and victimizing yourself does not help anybody. So that's what I do. It is personally helpful for me. So how does that fall into imposter syndrome? 
well, for me, it plays a part in how I, how I think about my goals specifically, obviously a lot of imposter syndrome is about your goals. So I envision the person that I want to be. The ironic part is you, you can be that person in an instant, maybe not materialistically and physically. Like, let's say you want to be like in the best shape or lose 10 pounds or whatever. Like I'm, you obviously can't snap your fingers and have that, but you can snap your fingers and have the mentality of someone that does those things and, or of someone that has that body or has that job or has that relationship. It's all about mentality is what I've realized. It's all your perspective on the situation, but you can't just, and again, this also goes into manifestation. So you can't just manifest things and, and become a certain person, um, by, or I worded that wrongly, you can't become the person you want to be by saying, oh, well, I'm doing all this manifesting, but I'm not like, those things aren't becoming a part of my physical reality, because you're not actually taking the steps after manifesting, you know, visualization is so important. It's really important to feel like you already have this thing you want so badly, because that's the only way it will become real is if you genuinely believe number one, that you deserve it. Number two, that you will have it. Number three, that everything is conspiring together for you to make sure that you do have it. But none of that will become a part of your physical reality if you're not taking the little steps to get there every single day. And I think we overwhelm ourselves with thinking we need to be taking all these massive steps and all these, you know, risky decisions to achieve all our goals. I don't think that's true at all. Maybe that has been the story for some people where they, you know, kind of made all these huge rash decisions and kind of fell into their dream position or situation or whatever. I think for everybody, it looks different. I don't think there is like a cookie cutter way of taking the right steps to achieve what you want. I think it stems from getting very comfortable with being uncomfortable. I think that is the biggest step. And this is what I've heard from every single successful person that I've ever looked up to, mainly people that are more, you know, mainstream and that I can hear them on podcasts and YouTube and talk about how they achieve the position that they're at. Or, you know, for me, it's more career. It's not about um, material things as much. Like I know you can, you can, make that your your goal where you want to manifest like your dream home or your dream partner um for me that's just not my goal at this specific moment in time but it's it's all the same in terms of like how you manifest you have to believe that you will have it and then it's a it's about the actions that you're taking to get there so my experience with this has been i really struggled with after doing a lot of the visualization and really believing that I was going to achieve a goal or have this thing or bring this relationship into my life or whatever it may be. I didn't take the steps to actually have those things. And I realized that it's because I didn't actually believe that I deserved it or that it was possible. So it's kind of a tricky thing. And no one can tell you if you're manifesting right, because no one can tell you if you're actually believing the words that are that you're saying if you do like verbal affirmations or um, if you just think about this if you just do visualization no one can tell you if the things you're thinking about or visualizing if you feel that they are true to your core so what really took me in that what really got me from a to b and like that big shift of okay I'm doing all this visualization, but none of this is becoming my reality because I didn't really believe it to my core. I still felt like uh, there's like, what's the chance that any of this becomes my reality? And this is where imposter syndrome comes in because the reason that we doubt, at least this is what I think, I think the reason that we doubt that what we visualize is going to come true or these big dreams and goals that we have, we think that they're not going to become a part of our reality is because we believe that we don't deserve them or we just feel like, who am I to achieve that thing? Who am I to 
actually reach those goals or have that thing. And that is all that all plays into imposter syndrome. So I'm going to kind of go through like how this has played true for me in like my own life and what I'm actually talking about when I say I've dealt with imposter syndrome with things that I've already accomplished and what I'm dealing with now and that I know I'm sure I will feel in the future um, regarding like future things that I want to do and how I want to overcome imposter syndrome with that. So in the past with accomplishments that I've had, like even something like graduating college or when I finished my master's degree, I just didn't feel like I really did anything, if that makes any sense. I didn't feel like it was this big accomplishment. I just felt like, oh, well, you know, like I got lucky and lucky, lucky, luckily, can't talk, luckily I was privileged enough to go to college and, you know, I got help along the way and, um, but I can't even find like, it's funny because when I talk about it, I can't even find like solid reasoning for why I feel like I didn't deserve it. Um, at the time, now I look at those accomplishments and I'm like, no, I really, I worked my ass off and I worked hard and I achieved all those things because I sacrificed a lot and I put these things as my priority in my life at the time. So, but when it, when I first was um, dealing with this was during that time in my life when I just finished school and course my phone decides to go off right now um I just finished school specifically my grad program too because I was very lost in like okay what do I want to do with this now um and am I gonna do I want to go to medical school now and (laughs) this is kind of going on a different tangent but I do think it's important to talk about um so when I finished grad school the whole point of my grad program was to use my degree to go to medical school. So, so to use the degree to apply with it because it was kind of like a, it was considered like, considered like a shuffle program. So you do their master's program to essentially get into their medical school. Long story short, I didn't get into their medical school. I did apply and I kind of like narrowed myself down to that one university because I'd done their master's program and my next option was, okay, now I can apply again the next fall, the following year, which would have been this last spring, um, and really branch myself out to a bunch of schools. So maybe take the MCAT again and just apply to a ton of places now instead of just one. And it's just weird how when you start to think about what do I really want? <laughs> you start to question all your goals like everything that you thought was a big goal for you starts to this is again this is just for me I'm not saying you know there's a lot of people that were my cohort that started with we, we all started with kind of the same goals which was become a physician and a lot of them have either become physicians already like their residents or they're um in medical school and their goals never change. They're still really passionate about it. And I think that shows what you're actually passionate about is that you didn't waver in that. And of course there's, you know, everyone's has a different situation and I'm sure people still question. I, I have heard that, you know, this is common for people that are in like a rigorous school system of, you know, you question, is this really what I want? Because the schooling is so different than what the career will be. But it wasn't about the schooling for me. It's it started to become, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. So when I started applying um, this last this last spring, I kind of branched out a little bit more. And instead of applying to a ton of schools, I didn't have that option. First of all, I didn't have the scores to t- apply to a ton of schools. So I had like five to 10 schools that I applied to because number one, each application is super expensive and I wasn't going to spend my time applying to a bunch of schools that I knew would like 95% sure not take me. 
And it's just weird. I felt like I was half-assing everything. Like if I really, really, really wanted to become a physician, wouldn't I make sure that I had like the most perfect MCAT score for anyone listening that doesn't know what the MCAT is. The MCAT is the exam you need to take to get into medical school. I got an average MCAT score. Um, Wouldn't I make sure that I had like a really, really good MCAT score and that I was fully prepared to apply mentally. <laughs> like I had everything, I have everything else going, like grades are good, experience is good, volunteers good. This MCAT is average, but for anyone that has applied or has thought about going to medical school or anything, and you kind of know the process, um, you can't, applying to medical school is not the type of thing where you can like have something that doesn't this is just my perspective and the advice that I have gotten from people that went to med school maybe people say different things that's fine but this is just the advice that I've gotten is that you don't apply with feeling like any area of your application is subpar you have to apply with like the best application that you feel you can submit because number one it's expensive number two it's time consuming number three you don't want to apply several 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 times so I don't want this to become a whole thing about my application I'm trying to focus on how this is playing into imposter syndrome so the reason it's it's playing into imposter syndrome is because when I applied this last spring I totally half-assed the application. Well, I shouldn't say half-assed. Like I really did put effort in all my areas. I made sure my application was great other than my MCAT score, which in my opinion is half-assing because I knew it wasn't good enough to really stand out on an application, but I still submitted to just feel like, okay, well, at least I submitted. And if I don't get in, then it's like, I have the excuse to say, well, I submitted, you know, but I didn't get in. So, um, that started to show me that maybe I don't actually want it. So when I was first going through the application, I was feeling a lot of imposter syndrome of, you know, maybe you're not really going for this as hard as you could be because you don't feel like you deserve it. You don't feel like you're able to have it. You don't feel like you are able to become a doctor. Um, And then I really like just dove deeper into that entire thought and I was like, no, I don't think that at all. I actually just, it doesn't sound appealing to me anymore. And maybe it will at some point later on in my life, but at this very moment in time, it doesn't. And I feel like my, my view of time is so different now. Whereas I used to view it as these are the years 20 to 30, when you build this career so that from 30 plus you are just doing that career and that is what I think we're all taught to do and believe is the right way to do things and I'm not saying it's the wrong way to do things either I'm just saying that I don't think there is a right or wrong way to do things I think you do them how you want to and if it's right for you and if it feels good for you and if it makes sense for where you're at in life and what your goals are at that moment in time so for me I just realized I don't want to spend this time going for this goal that doesn't sound that appealing to me now. And I started thinking this way because I actually sat and thought about what does it look like to wake up in the morning and be a physician every single day. And there are parts of it that I know I would absolutely love. But the problem is I'm realizing the parts of it that I know I would absolutely love, I can do in another career that would be more fulfilling And medicine itself, I'm not as passionate about it as I believe a physician should be. Am I saying every physician out there is like gung-ho about medicine and it's just like they live, eat, and breathe medicine and that's why they're a doctor? No, but I'm also the type of person that I don't think I should be in a career unless I'm passionate about it. Like I I cannot, I, (laughs) I lasted at my last job, my escrow job, um, for three months because I just felt like it was sucking my fucking soul out of my body, sitting on a computer, making money for another woman that I have no interest in the job itself. Like I'm not saying working an office job can't be fulfilling. It was just the job itself wasn't fulfilling. I just had no interest in closing escrows for people. So 
that's one thing. Another thing is, are you motivated enough by the money? Like the money was good with that job, but it, and, and this is a different answer for everybody. For me, it just wasn't enough. I have to feel fulfilled by work and like I'm making a contribution and impact in people's lives. And the funny thing is I was making an impact in people's lives. Like I'm carrying out this process for them that is usually very stressful and helping them and answering a lot of their questions and like making sure they're able to to close on the purchase of their future home. You know, that is a that is helping someone. But in my eyes, it just it wasn't helping in the way I want to help. So originally, I wanted to be a physician because I knew it physically helps people. I physically am going to help people feel better health wise. And that definition, the definition of helping people has entirely changed for me. And I think that's why I've kind of released a lot of the expectations I have of myself of if you don't become a doctor, you did not succeed in life. Like there is no amount, I've realized there's no amount of things I can acquire or do that will make me, or and this is for everyone in general, that will make you feel like you are a whole person and a good person. Like no amount of degrees that I have, jobs that I've had, accomplishments I make, whatever, money, it just, it doesn't get you to that feeling of I've made it and that's never going to come from a material thing it has to come from within and I this is what I've realized too and that's why I've let go of becoming a physician at least for now I keep saying at least for now because I've just become very fluid in my thinking of if I want to become one later I totally have that option I am lucky to live somewhere and have the means to pursue that if I choose to in the future, maybe in a year from now, my mindset will totally shift and I'll be like, no, you know what? I would love to do that job and I think I want to go for it again. And this has relieved so much of the pressure off of me of if you're going to do it, you got to do it now and you got to get started. You're 25. Like, when are you going to do it? Like, I just, that's how I would always talk to myself. Um, and I've just realized it, it, that's not the way you materialize your goals. If you have a goal that you're genuinely passionate about, it doesn't matter when you achieve it. That's what I've realized is a true goal is you don't care if you get it at 25, 35, 45, as long as you have it in this lifetime, then it was something you're truly passionate about and that you genuinely wanted to achieve for yourself. Because if it's about time, to me, the timing indicates that I'm doing it for someone else and to prove to someone else that I achieved this goal so that they can be proud of me or think I'm a good person or that I'm successful. Like, I think I've just finally letting go, letting go. <laughs> I think I've just finally let go of these expect the expectations of other people or the judgment of other people. And no, this isn't me saying I literally don't care at all what anyone thinks but I'm pretty fucking close like I there is not much that even me saying that the 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 feeling that I'm getting right now is you sound conceited by saying that the fact that I'm even thinking that of you sound conceited by saying that means that there is still parts of me that cares what other people think but I can be honest in saying I am getting to the point where I'm really realizing that it literally does not matter what anyone thinks of you. <laughs> and I say that so intentionally because I'm even like giving myself that lesson as I speak it, I'm putting it out there to make it truth for me as well. Cause I know it's true, but sometimes saying it and having it put out there just makes it even more real and more tangible and more true to me. So by realizing this, I've, and this happened maybe, I mean, it's for, it's been for like the past couple of years where I've been really thinking about my goals specifically within medicine. And if I want to keep trying to become a physician, um, but even more so earlier this year, because I just allowed myself to sit down and be like, okay, take out physician for just a fucking second. You've been thinking about it since you've been like 16 years old. 
And do you even realize that you started this whole goal because of something you chose at 16 years old when you were filling out college applications? Like really take the time to think about the goal. And I started deconstructing what it means again, like I was saying earlier, looking at my day, my everyday life, what it would be going to work, how my work would look, what it would be like when I get off. And does this mean I want to open my own practice? Do I genuinely want to open my own practice? Is that something I actually want to do? Or is it something I've always fantasized about because it's what every successful physician does? And I realized as I answered my own questions, I'm like, there's other jobs that would make me feel more fulfilled, not only more fulfilled, but that I would be better at. So ironically, my biggest dream ever, and I feel weird putting this on a podcast because it's like, I feel like you shouldn't, I don't know why we feel like we shouldn't put these things out there. Like we're going to jinx it or something. But in my mind, I'm like, no, put it out there because if you believe it's going to be true, then just talk about it. I have always wanted the the first, okay. The first thing I can ever think of when I think about a job that sounded cool was I was in maybe like the third or fourth grade and I had a teacher that she did a lot of um, like abroad missionary style trips and um, she was doing a talk at our school about uh, they, they, she was working at like an um, some sort of plant in Africa that was uh, focused on uh, water resourcing and getting uh, safe water, safe, clean, reliable water to um, these uh, villages and townships. And I can remember this so viscerally. It's very strange. Like I, I don't, you know, you don't, it's not like you remember too, too much from that age, but I remember this so well because I remember sitting there with all my classmates thinking that sounds so fucking cool. And a driving force for me in becoming a physician was I wanted to do doctors without borders. I wanted to learn how to be a doctor so that I could go to these other countries and serve my time there. But that is not a job. That is something you do for to, to just do, to just help. You don't do that to provide for yourself. And while I think it's important to be passionate about your job, you also have to be realistic in thinking, does this bring me income? How am I going to support my family and myself? So the reason I bring up that story is because it has been like a a recurring thought in my mind the past few years of what drives me is wanting to serve and help. And my, like I said, my definition of help has changed. So as I work through that, I'm like, what kind of career could I build on helping people? And I am still figuring this out. I don't know. I It really shifts all the time. Um, right now, I'm really enjoying entertaining like so many different things. I love being in this space of just like exploring and like seeing where I can make money in different ways, and, like not having this like one set thing that I'm doing and this is what brings me money. I'm also really learning how to make money and manage money. This is something that I was never taught. Um, growing up, like in, even in school, um, it wasn't, it's not really a conversation I ever had of like, how do you truly build wealth? Um, Building wealth is something I'm very, very interested in and passionate about and talking about. I love talking to people about this and I would give anything to sit with someone who has built like a, a huge company and just ask them, what their mindset specifically has been because I've noticed that it's all in their mindset when I hear people talk on podcasts or this or that. And so right now I am kind of branching out in in terms of like not being so rigid in my mentality on how you can make money and spend your time 
um, to make money. And how do you make money passively? That's also something I was never taught. So I'm having a lot of fun doing that. So I have like my full-time job, which I do uh, private swim coaching, um, which has kind of turned into like my own little business, which has been really fun. I'm trying to uh, kind of manage it just by myself right now, like me being the only person doing it. And my goal would be to um, hire another person to um, do it for my company. And we'd kind of like share the profits on that. So if I could get someone to do it part-time with me that maybe wanted to take a few lessons on the weekend or something, that would be awesome. Um, so I'm really enjoying that because I've never been entrepreneurial and it's just very like, it's just very new and interesting to me, but seeing, watching myself grow in a clientele and build relationships with people that are like very trust-based because you have to think my, what I'm doing is working with these parents' children and that requires a lot of trust on their end. You know, I'm teaching them a skill that could be life-saving and I, this is why my definition of helping has changed so much too, because like I am helping them. And I used to think of helping as only medicine or being a doctor, like physically helping someone, but this is helping them because I could be saving them from a really bad situation and they know how to save, help themselves. That is amazing to me. And it gives me so much fulfillment and like seeing these parents feel so confident and overjoyed when they see their kid learn a new skill. And also knowing that they trust me with their kid just gives me so much fulfillment. Um, and that's another reason I wanted to be a doctor is because I love kids and I wanted to be a pediatrician, but I've also realized as I did shadow work and worked, um, as an EMT that working with kids is not as much working with kids as you think as a doctor, it's more, uh, working with parents that are very, very stressed, um, understandably so, but I've just, I'm seeing the realities now of the career. Um, so doing that full time. And then I am, uh, I am a real estate agent, but I don't do like selling or buying for clients. I do tours. So I make money from just taking clients on tours, which is also so fun to me because I get to walk through homes like and get paid for it, which is so cool to me that as, as a non-homeowner to go on these tours with clients that are actually in the market. And even though I'm not on the hunt, still kind of looking at them and seeing what the market is like. Um, and that helps me a lot too, because my, well, I can't even say my boyfriend's company anymore. It's kind of weird now because um, we've so enmeshed um, in our partnership of like how we even do business now. Um, when you kind of take that step, I am all over the place today with what I'm talking about, but it's important to give context. So my boyfriend is building a startup real estate company that is built on the blockchain. And I have been more on the kind of sidelines with it just because I, when he started this, I was really consumed with pursuing medical school and it just wasn't on the front of forefront of my mind at the time. And I always treated it as his thing. Right. And it had nothing to do with me. And it was just so wrong in my way of thinking. Like if you are a, if you're a team with your partner, if you're a true team, there is no yours and his and his thing and your thing. It is your thing together. And while in the beginning I wasn't thinking I should take that back. I wasn't thinking like, oh, this is his thing in terms of like, it's his company. I understand it's our company, but because I wasn't physically involved with any decision-making at the time, I didn't really feel that incorporated also because I was so busy with my own stuff. So now that things have shifted and I've kind of created more space and freedom for myself to explore different things, um, another one of those being quitting my escrow job. Honestly, I took the escrow job at the beginning to 
um, learn a little bit more about the escrow process too, because I'm getting more invested now in the real estate space as well. So the reason I brought all this up is because um, my job as an agent also really helps me understand the real estate space and what is going on in the market and things like that. Um, and that helps me now as a partner in this company help build and see what we need to be doing, what we need to be changing, kind of seeing what people are actually looking for, what are the concerns within the market right now? Obviously the concern is that everything is too fucking expensive. Um, and, but what I'm trying to say is everything I'm pursuing is like just fun for me right now. And I love that. And I'm not making myself feel guilty for it. Um, and then for creative purposes, kind of, I have been doing Amazon e-commerce, which is actually kind of fun to me. I, it probably sounds really boring to people, but I think it's fun mainly because I love shopping. So it gives me, even though I'm not shopping for myself, um, it's kind of just a cool way to like any money that you have sitting in your bank account, you can just have it be used to make you more money if you know how to actually source product. So I'm just learning about diversification and how to kind of create different streams of income and learning how you build actual wealth. Not my goal has, I've never wanted to be rich, like in the sense of like flashiness. I've always wanted wealth in terms of stability and freedom. And I think that is at the end of the day, what most people want, but I think it's easy for us to get lost in the material side of things. And this kind of brings me to this book. I mentioned it last time, You Are a Badass um, by Jen Sincero. This is the best, uh, I hate to say self-help book because I feel like that gives it a cer certain connotation, but this is one of the best self-help books I've ever read, if not the best, because just the way that she explains um, going through your thoughts on everything in life, so relationships, money, friendships, your body, achieving your goals is so applicable to every single person. I feel like anyone from any walk of life can read this book and find some sort of some golden nugget that they can take away with them and actually apply to their life. Um, and so the reason I bring it up is because she has an entire chapter on your mentality towards money. And it was the most eye opening, inspiring thing I've ever read about money. If you are like me, and you weren't really taught how to think about money, and how to manage it, let alone make it not just with your actual time and effort. So this is where my mindset is shifting of, I have to put in the time, the physical time to make that much. So I need to be paid per hour to, I can figure out how to make things passively. Like I want to be able to sleep and bring in income. This chapter is so helpful and not it's not going to teach you how to do that it's going to teach you how to have the mindset that you're able to do that and that you can do that and that you are you are capable so this book is all about teaching you how to be capable of or of how to think that you are capable of doing all these things so yeah just read this book just i was gonna like go through the chapter and find something but every single sentence, honestly, I like, <laughs> I love that book. I'm just, I've been plugging this on like all my social media um, because I feel like, especially if you're in your early twenties or mid twenties, whatever, you're trying to figure shit out. Um, I probably shouldn't say that as such a blanket statement. I feel like you're figuring your stuff out for your, your entire life, I guess. But if you're in a space like I am where you're really contemplating a lot of different avenues you want to take and things like that, give that book a go. I'm going to also read her book on um, you're a badass at making money because I did love that chapter on making money. Um, but anyways, this again ties into imposter syndrome because um, she talks a lot about how if you associate making money with being egotistical or prideful or narcissistic or 
loving money is a bad thing. These are just hardwired thoughts that we've been taught to believe about money, about making it, and how all of this needs to be rewired. This is what our society tells us. And there's there's two different things, right? There's It's one thing to be a dick, <laughs> and it's one thing to just know your worth and know that you're capable of making the amount that you want to fucking make and that you are more than worthy of it and there is nothing wrong with it and she talks a lot about how you know think of yourself as the person you see yourself being and i think we all do this we think about the person we want to be in five ten years or who we will be okay just start making the decisions to be that woman or be that man. What kind of circles would you hang out in? How would you spend your free time? What kind of food would you eat? What kind of books would you read? What kind of shows would you watch? What kind of energy just would you absorb? That is how you become that person that you want to be. And this has been so freeing for me and I just have been loving this experience of going down that journey right now of saying, fuck all these like expectations that I've had on myself of who I should be or what society has told me to be or expectations from people in my life that I should be and just being whoever the fuck I want to be. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you yourself don't feel good about who you are and what you're bringing because if you yourself aren't happy you cannot give to any you you cannot give <laughs> and maybe that's not a priority for some people for me that's a big priority is how do i show up to my relationships and how do i give in my work how do I show up energetically? And I can't do that if I am not happy with the woman that I'm trying to become or the woman that I currently am in this moment. And so I've just been surrounding myself with in every area, making sure in every area of my life, making sure that I'm doing it for me because I genuinely want to and it brings me joy and peace. And that is it. And I think we've been taught that selfishness is not good and this is kind of like what I was saying about money selfishness is given a negative connotation because I think we're told that if you're selfish that means you don't care about anybody else and I don't think that could be further from the truth being there is a way to be selfish and still really care about the well-being of other human beings but if you're not selfish with yourself first how can you care about another human being if you don't take care of yourself? So if you're not able to take care of yourself, you will not be able to genuinely show up in other relationships and friendships. And maybe some people will disagree with that statement. And I definitely know people who don't take care of themselves, but always put other people first. And there is something there where it changes the dynamic of the relationship because you can see that they are not good with themselves to begin with. And maybe this is just me, but I feel like I'm pulling from someone who needs to maybe fill their own cup, if that makes any sense. And I'm actually, I'm going to go back to this because I realized I didn't even finish my thought. This has been a really sporadic, I feel like, sporadic yeah sporadic um rant today because I was trying to talk about like my dream career my dream job my dream career and dream job from everything I was saying about um like I wanted to become a doctor because of Doctors Without Borders I wanted to serve I wanted to work in like impoverished communities or just help um my dream job has always been to have some sort of decision style job so a job that requires a lot of decision making um for a group of people sorry not for a group of people for a company that's invested in improving 
the lives of human beings or community. I don't know if any of this is making sense, but I'm trying to give you like the bigger picture. And so when I go down to the core of what that means, that would mean working for something like a nonprofit. And while I think that's cool too, I would love to just have my own nonprofit. But then the question comes in of, well, how do we how do you, you nonprofits require money? Where does the money come for a nonprofit? Yada, yada. So I've never given it too much thought because I didn't really think it would be like a genuine option for me. Um, and it just, it just seemed like, like a dream, like something that would be cool, but it's not realistic or tangible for me. So our company, Theopetra, a big portion of it is going to be our nonprofit, which its main objective is going to be uh, purchasing affordable housing. And long term, that is where I will put most of my focus and energy with the company. Right now, a lot of my job within the company is a lot of project project management and organization. Um, obviously, we're still small, we're still building. So I'm still um, in a position where I can be like very heavily invested with like one-on-one -on -one with the team members. Um, and long-term though, I would love to just focus all my energy on the nonprofit portion of it. So all that said, it's just very funny how everything comes to fruition and everything comes for full circle. And obviously I'm saying all of this with the expectation and the hope that we're able to build a really, really cool company that actually does something that helps people's lives and actually makes a positive impact. Um, I'm not going to get into everything that the company's doing because if you are interested in knowing what I'm talking about, you can go to thomecapital.com and read more about everything we're doing. Um, but long story short, know that we're trying to help with <laughs> help with what's happening um, in the housing market right now. So with that said, it is just funny how everything you manifest comes into your life one way or another and if everything were to work out and we were able to actually build something very successful with which you know I'm expecting that it totally will I we both used to have more of the expectation or, or more of the verbiage I should say of um, not getting our hopes up too much or not expecting too much or um you know, not talking too highly of the company or like just expecting for it to fail, right? And we both realized that doing that sets you up for failure. You have to believe so wholeheartedly that your plans are going to pull through and succeed and that you are going to be successful. That's the only way I think that you can be successful in the long run is you have to believe that you will be and that it will all work out. And by doubting yourself, you put yourself up against odds that didn't exist before. And so our entire mindset has just shifted on this of, again, this is like imposter syndrome again of believing that you can do it. You can succeed and you can accomplish this goal, but now it requires taking those actions. And so there's so many areas in my life where I'm doing this and I'm not going <coughs> to, excuse me, talk for my partner specifically. But what I can say is we both have shifted in the way that we even conduct ourselves every day with reaching these goals of, okay, we're not where we want to be yet, but we will be because today we took one to two small steps that are going to get us closer to that end goal. Doing that every single day is what matters because reaching an end goal is an accumulation of baby steps, not one huge overnight thing. So really realizing that and just getting over all of the imposter syndrome has been the biggest help in the world because for months and months, him more so um, struggled with uh, just, you know, thinking, can I really do this? Can I really build a company? Can I get people to believe in this idea and be as passionate about it as I can? And that's a different thing than I experienced with imposter syndrome, because this is this is not 
um, something I necessarily founded. So, but if I was in that position, I'm sure I'd feel the same way. For me, a lot of it has been even with this podcast um, saying, can I really have a podcast that is successful and talking to people I'm really interested in and having an audience? And it just, it's so dumb when you say it out loud because it's like, well, yeah, of course you can. Just fucking do it. And a big part of that, and I've talked about this many times before on the podcast, is fearing judgment of others. And then it's like, who the fuck, who even cares like about the judgment of others? What are, who, no one's in a place to judge another person. And anytime someone judges you for doing something or something you're not doing is because there's something about themselves, something, there's something about you that's reflecting something about themselves that they either don't have and want or don't like about themselves that you're doing or vice, you know, one of those things. So I think just finally getting to the place of being like, I don't fucking care anymore. <laughs> like, I'm just going to do me and do what makes me happy. And that's all that matters at the end of the day. Because again, if I'm not happy and I don't feel good, then I can't make others feel good and I can't help other people. And that's my goal at the end of the day is I want to help other people. And if this podcast reaches just even one human being and makes them feel better about their day or helps them to make a decision that they've been struggling to make or has them think deeper about an area of their life that they didn't give thought to and it had them become inspired or change a behavior or whatever, that is the most fulfilling thing for me that that could happen because of me coming on here and shooting the shit. So with that said, I feel like I've gone all over the place with this podcast. I'm going to have to like really maybe create some more structure with how I'm doing this, but I don't know. I enjoy just coming on here and just having my topic and running with it. So hopefully you enjoyed it. And um, hopefully I gave you some different perspectives on imposter syndrome. And um, I hope it was interesting for you to kind of hear about my perspective on these things and kind of where I'm coming from and my experience with it. So thank you so much for watching and wherever you're at, whatever you're doing. I hope you're having a great week, a great night, a great morning, wherever you are. And I will catch you guys in the next one. Bye.